This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 598. And the quote of the day is, without promotion, something terrible happens. Nothing. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here, episode 598 of the Drummer's Resource Podcast, and this is session two of the Bigger Better Gigs course that we're doing this week and next Monday. This is all about promotion, and like the quote says, without promotion, something terrible happens, which is nothing. So I hope that you dug the first session on laying the groundwork. This is session two, all about promotion. And if you have any questions about any of this stuff, feel free to email me, but I'm not going to waste any time. Let's get into it with session two. What's up, everybody? Nick Ruffini here, and this is session two, and this is promotion. So before we get completely into it, let me go over tonight's agenda real quick. So we're going to first talk about different approaches in promo, and then the key elements of promo, and then also developing your online presence, what MDs or music directors are looking for, how to present yourself correctly, And then, of course, there's going to be some homework for you to do to sort of start putting all of these wheels in motion. So first things first, there's a few questions that you should be should be asking yourself before you start crafting your your promo voice, because it's sort of like laying the groundwork that we talked about in the first session that you want to know what the end goal is. You want to know what you're what you're trying to accomplish. So a couple of those questions would be. What styles do you want to be known for? What do you stand for? What do you want to accomplish? And do you have a niche? So what styles do you want to be known for? Some people are are sort of, you know, generalists and they can play all sorts of styles. Some people want to just concentrate on jazz or rock or funk or metal or something like that. Uh, what do you what do you stand for? It's just sort of like your image or what your what your you know, what your look could be or what your what your affiliation may be or things like that. But just, just keeping that in mind uh, when, you're, when you're creating your videos. What do you want to accomplish? What are the videos for? Are you trying to get studio work? Are you trying to get session work? Are, are you trying to uh, develop a, an audience just for people to watch you on YouTube? Which, if this is bigger, better gigs, I'm guessing that that's not what the goal is. But hey, everybody has a different goal. So... And do you have a niche? So sort of going back to the styles, but you may have, you may be, you know, you may be a great blues player and say, listen, I just want to play blues and I know that I'm really good at it and that's my niche and I'm going to really exploit that niche. So something to think about is do you want to sort of generalize or do you want to really go wide, broad stroke with your playing and the gigs that you're trying to attract? So when you're promoting yourself, there's like if you're using social media, if you're using YouTube or even even uh, out in the out in the world anywhere else, like in the blog space, or your website or something like that, there's two there's two kinds of promos that you can do. You can either do promo for fans that you're trying to attract new fans, or you can do promo for gigs. And what I mean promo for gigs is more of like industry promotion, promoting within the industry. So getting, you know, 
a thousand likes on Facebook from fans may not necessarily help you get gigs with other bands and vice versa. If you're really well known in the industry, it may not help you. It'll help you get gigs, but it may not help you get fans, if that makes sense. And we're going to go over that, uh, the difference between the two types of promotion. So for fans, you're really trying to cultivate a following or a fan base. Most importantly, or, or, you know, the biggest reason behind that is because you're probably trying to sell something like a record or a performance or something like that, or you're promoting different shows and events and you're concerned with the numbers. There's a lot of people who are playing major, major gigs right now, but they don't have a ton of social media followers. That doesn't really matter in that world if you're not, if the end goal is not to develop a fan base, but to use social media and to use any sort of online presence to help promote your career. Uh, the numbers don't necessarily matter if you're doing it inside of the industry. So for gigs, you're looking at creating an online showcase for yourself. Again, you're trying to get industry recognition, not necessarily public recognition or fans. And you want to use it to display a professional look and feel. You want to be able to put it out there that, you know, hey, I, I'm a professional. I, I'm going to be the gig on time. I'm going to know the material, all that sort of stuff. And you can use social to sort of to sort of promote that sort of image about yourself. So a professional look and feel. And then also to establish yourself as a credible player, whether it be from recordings with you playing with bigger artists or whether it be, you know, uh, a recording with you playing with a, a bigger artist or images of that or recordings of you playing really, really different styles and, and playing them well and things like that. So that's what, that's what we're going to concentrate on for this training is for gigs. Cause this is bigger, better gigs. That's what we're here for. So the fan base stuff and not to promo another product of mine, but I have drummers resource or I have drummers. SMBC is what we call it. Social media bootcamp. And that is a way for you to really learn how to grow your social media audience for fans and things like that. You can check it out. It's drummerssmbc.com, social media bootcamp, and it's 25 bucks to buy it. Uh, so if you want to get that, you don't have to for the, like, you don't need that. I'm just telling you that it's available if you're looking to, uh, to do that sort of thing. So let's talk about some, some sort of social media online presence, good or must haves and good to haves. And the must haves, the reason why, well, I'll explain why these are must-haves and good-haves in a second. But the must-haves are a website. It doesn't have to be some crazy website that you spent thousands of dollars on. It should just be a good website that you can that you can put up quickly and just a home base for your information. A Facebook page. And notice how I have page underlined. I want you to have a Facebook page versus a friends page because there, there's definitely some different, uh, some different advantages to uh, that, and we'll get into that in a second. But a Facebook page versus a page where people have to send you a friend request. And then YouTube. And these are the three must-haves that I say for what we're trying to accomplish. Now, good-to-haves are Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. And the reason why there's a difference between the, the must-haves and the good-to-haves, if you're trying to build a fan base and you're trying to actually get out there into the public eye, I think that you should have Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. But inside of the industry, not necessarily as important to have every social media channel rocking and rolling if you're trying to do like an inner, you know, inner, uh, inner industry type of thing. So 
Let's talk about your website and why it's important. So it's a great place where you can display your bio so people can read a little bit more about you. You can have some examples of your playing because if people can't hear you or people can't see you, then the chances of you getting hired are slim to none. It's like you wouldn't buy something that you've never seen before. So why should people hire you if they've never heard your playing or anything like that? And then your schedule. This not only, you know, obviously for fans who want to come out and watch, but it also shows that you're working, that you're, you know, if you're playing with some bigger name artists, you can put on there that you're playing with those people. And it just builds more credibility. If they look at your bot, at your schedule and it says zero, there's no upcoming gigs. It's like, oh, well, maybe this person's not working that much and maybe they're not as in demand or maybe they're not that good. And maybe uh, I should move on to somebody else and try to hire somebody else. Pictures, again. If people can't see what you look like, this is the music industry. This is the entertainment industry. It looks matter. Uh, you know, they want to see your gear. They want to see what you look like on stage. They want to see all that sort of stuff. So pictures are definitely important. And your contact information for obvious reasons. If people want to book you, they need to be able to know where to find you. So your Facebook page, like I said, underlining page, because I don't want you to have a add me as a friend Facebook. I want. I mean, you can have that. You actually need one of those to manage a page. But there's advantages to having a page, a like page, as a, a, you know, as they call it. So there's no limit to your friends. So you can have you can have 85 million followers on a page, but on a friend page where they like you, you can only have 5,000. So that's one of the drawbacks. There's more functionality of a page. You can promote things. You can boost posts and things like that. You can actually pay to get more people to see your post and you can target different people, which is really, really good. There's stats. You can see who's looking at your page, who's not age groups, all sorts of things like that. So again, that ties into the, the more functionality and a Facebook page is viewable by the public. So even if you don't have a Facebook page, even if you're not a Facebook member, you can see a Facebook page. So if someone is directed to your Facebook page, whether or not they have a Facebook page themselves, it doesn't matter because they'll still be able to see it, which is great. So key reasons why you want to have a Facebook page. The next one is your YouTube channel. So YouTube's great for obvious reasons because, you know, it's the biggest video housing place in the world. So there, uh, you can put up there examples of playing. Uh, you can have different styles and things like that. It shows you, allows you to show your versatility. So if you can play jazz and rock and blues and all those things, you can use that as a way to showcase all of your talents. Not only that, it's a hosting platform. So you can have your videos on there and then you can host those videos anywhere else. You can host them on your website. You can host them on blogs. You can share them with other people. And it's just a link that you can, you know, that you can direct people to so they can check out your playing. And then also you can use those videos and clips of them as different promo content and and things like that. And then MDs, music directors constantly use YouTube. They use it to check out people's playing. They use it to find new players. And prime example, I mentioned before that Andy, Andy Burton, who plays with John Mayer, the first thing that the music director did was go to YouTube and Google Andy, Andy, uh, Andy Burton to check out his playing before he got the John Mayer gig. So extremely, extremely important. If you think that not having videos out there and all that isn't important, then you are sadly mistaken unless you're super established and you don't need all of that stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I think everybody needs that. Like again, Andy Burton has videos and that's how he got hired for John Mayer. But you know, if you're, I don't know, Bernard Purdy, you probably don't 
have to have that stuff to get gigs, but we're here to try to get bigger and better gigs. So you should have it. Now let's talk about what MDs are looking for. So the, the thing that you have to remember about this, and we're going to dive a little bit deeper into this, that I mentioned this before, it's the entertainment business. So one looks are going to matter, right? So they want people who look the part. They don't want someone who's too old for the gig, too young for the gig, doesn't dress the same way as everybody else in the gig, things like that. So they want somebody who's going to look the part. They want somebody who's going to know the styles. If it's so much easier to work with somebody who already knows how to work the styles. I can't remember how many times I played with somebody where it's like a bass player, bass player, and he doesn't know how to play a shuffle or something like that. And they don't last on that gig long. And surprisingly, you know, I don't even know how some of these guys got the gigs, but most of the time you're not going to get the gig if you can't demonstrate that you can play the, the right styles, having the correct gear. So you have to have, you know, you have to have different gear for different gigs. You need smaller drums for jazz. You may need electronics. You may, you know, you may need something that you may need to be able to play with a click track and and be able to demonstrate that. So all of this stuff is what MDs are looking for when they're searching for, for people to use. And then you have to be confident in your ability. So if you're playing styles and things like that, that you can't play well, or you are fumbling through, or you're not owning it and you're not delivering it, then that's going to show in your playing. So you should definitely either be well-versed in the stuff that you're playing. You know, if you don't know it already, then learn it really, really well before you record it. Don't put something up that you're sort of just getting through and saying, Hey, you know, this is, this is my shuffle and it's really not happening because it's ending up, it's actually going to end up hurting you that it's almost like taking the gig. If you don't, deserve the gig or if you're you're not the right person for the gig like i got a call a couple of weeks ago for straight a straight ahead bop gig like straight ahead jazz gig and i was like i'm not the right guy for it i'm not i can play jazz but not at that level and i was like i'm not i'm not the right dude for the job so i recommended somebody else for it because it's just not me and you'll actually get a lot more respect if you do that sort of thing than if you take the gig and fumble your way through it so Things to keep in mind for, for music directors. Now, I want you to remember, and this is a sort of a crappy way of looking at it, but people listen with their eyes first. And that is the way it is. It's the entertainment business. That's, that's the long and short of it. And we're going to go through an exercise here in a minute. But here's a quote from my buddy Rich Redman. He said, every band and every style of music seems to have a corresponding fashion style. A big band jazz group usually requires a tuxedo or tucked in shirt, tie, and a jacket combo. Hard rock may call for a dash of leather, studded belt, and jean vest. Dress appropriately for music for your music genre. I like to mix and match stuff. I've also gone through many phases over the years. Lately, I gravitate towards slim jeans, Converse low tops, a funky tee, a vest, and a wallet chain. I mix and match brands and colors, but that's my overall vibe. I own it and it works for me and the group that I play in. Don't be, in a, don't be afraid to coordinate with your band. In our group, one guy may do the leather jacket, one guy does the vest open, one clothes, one cat does long sleeves, while other one does a t-shirt. Mix it up and create that look for your band. It's important and if you're kidding and you're kidding yourself if you think it's not. So coming from someone who has played with everybody from Jason Aldean to Kelly Clarkson to Ludacris and all sorts of different people, he understands that you are putting on a show. You're putting on 
it's entertainment. So when you look at Cirque du Soleil, if they were, if they were all out there in t-shirts and jeans, it would be weird, right? Or if one guy was in t-shirt and jeans, you'd be like, what the heck is that guy doing? Because it's a show, it's entertainment, it's, it's uniform, it's a look, it's a vibe, it's a feel. And you have to remember that sort of thing when you're trying to get these gigs because you have, you know, you have a split second to, to impress someone and they're going to make a judgment in, you know, a second, a second and a half. So don't believe me. All right, well, let's go through this real quick. So the first, this first guy, I'm going to say that he probably plays some sort of like some sort of country or some sort of like Southern rock or something like that. This guy, I'm going to think, I'm guessing he is a metal guy, hard, hard rock metal. I'm going to say metal guy. This is, a rock guy. That's Jason Sutter, actually. And uh, but looking looking at what he looks like, the drums, all that stuff. Okay, he looks like a rock guy. All right, this guy playing traditional grip, small kit, right? Snare tilted forward. I'm gonna guess he's playing jazz. Now here's the thing. I don't know. I have no idea what these guys are playing. I mean, I know J. I know what Jason Sutter plays, but like, I don't know. He could be playing jazz. But I'm talking about image. And I'm talking about the first thing that you see when you look at this and your mind is already made up. So if you're looking for a funk drummer, you're probably not going to hire the, top, the guy on the top right. He may be an amazing funk player, but you're not going to hire him because you already, you know, you're, you're already, uh, you're, you already have a preconceived notion. So you want to make sure you want to put, put on the, you want to put the impression out there that, that you already know how to play the stuff and you're already the right person for the job. You look the part and all that. So just looking at these four, like I said, I don't know what they play, but you can see what I mean by your first impression. It happens in a second. So now let's start to move from the image side of things to sort of crafting the sound on YouTube. And this is, this is a good quote from Brian Fraser Moore. He said, most of the time they're going to tell you what they want you to play, but first they need to know that you can play it. So, and what we're saying by that is not just necessarily the style of what you're playing, but how to play it. And we're going to, we're going to get into that here in a second with YouTube and crafting your sound. And really this is, this is one of the, this is the most important part of this thing because you want to, you need to put your best foot forward here. And the first, the, the I can't talk. The first time that someone hears you or sees you, you got to make that great first impression and you got to make sure that you've crafted this sound correctly. So let's start by you need to be using, you need to be using the right size drums for the job. So if you are filming a jazz video, you need to be make, you need to make sure that you're using smaller drums. You need to be, you need to make sure you don't have an 87 piece drum kit in the video. Why? Because you don't look the part and you, so automatically you're disqualifying yourself using the correct symbols. Why? Because the correct symbols are going to give you the correct sound. So now you have the right drums and you have the right symbols. Now you got to make sure that you're using the correct sounding snares. So all of this may sound elementary and it may sound common sense, but 99.9% of people use the same exact drum kit, the same cymbals, the same snare, whether they're putting a jazz video up or a rock video or a funk video or whatever it is. But here's the thing. All of those require different gear. 
And all of those require different tunings on the snare and all of those require different cymbals. And if you're not doing that in your video, then the music director is going to look at it and say, well, if they don't do it in their video to promote themselves, why would they do it for the gig? And most people think, well, once I get that gig, I'll write the, I'll get the right gear. Uh, uh-uh. uh, you got to get the right gear before you get the gig. So when you're recording your video, one of the, one of the tricks that you can do is place your drum slightly above the rest of the mix. So if you're playing a jazz tune or a funk tune or whatever it is, you have the, the track playing underneath you. Then you take your drums and just raise them up just a little bit. So you're not getting drowned out and they can actually hear your sounds. They can hear the tones that you selected. They can hear that you got the right symbols. They can hear that you're using the right snare and they can get a sense of what you're playing actually sounds like. So that's part, all, this is all part of crafting this, this sound for you. And then you also want to play the styles that you're comfortable with. I mentioned this earlier, but don't, you don't want to be putting videos up of you playing halftime shuffles. If you just learned a halftime shuffle two days ago, it doesn't make sense. Uh, so put the things up there that you can really nail so that when someone is looking for that particular thing, they find you and it's like, oh, that's the right man for the job. Here's the thing though, just to, to preface all of this with something, we're not just creating these videos and then just hoping somebody finds these videos. What we're doing here, this is sort of one a of we had one was laying the groundwork. One a is the promotion side of things. And when I say promotion, I mean how you're promoting yourself and how you're, how you're putting yourself out there, but not necessarily how we're like driving people to your YouTube video and all that stuff. That's all part of getting the gig. That is all part of people get, you know, making these relationships and you have all of this stuff in place so that when they do go to your YouTube video or they do go to your website or something like that, you've already done all the, all the hard work of creating all these videos. You've, you've put your best foot forward. You have, you know, set up different videos for different styles, everything sounding correctly. So you sort of have this big digital business card. So that's, I just wanted to mention that. So this isn't like, we're just going to create these videos and then sit back and wait and hope that people come and see them. So making sure the tuning is correct. So many people are tuning their drums incorrectly for the the style that they're working on. So definitely super, super important when you're creating your YouTube videos. And then make sure that you're triggering the correct sounds and if you're and using electronics and things like that in the video. If you're trying to get a pop gig, you need to know how to use electronics. So here's the thing. Right now, you should be learning how to use electronics and you should be showcasing that in your YouTube video. Why? Because when an MD goes and looks, they say, oh man, we use triggers. This guy knows how to play triggers. This girl knows how to play triggers. They know how to play with a click track. They're triggering the correct sounds. If you can prove that you are one, you are that much closer to understanding and being capable of what the MD needs, there's less of a learning curve. They don't have to teach you anything. They And, and like Brian said, they're going to teach you, they're going to tell you what they want you to play. But it's one thing to say, hey, we're going to want like an 808 clap snare on, on this tune. And you say, okay, and you program it versus them telling you that. And then you have no idea how to do that. And then you slow down rehearsal, trying to figure it out. You're concentrating on trying to learn all this stuff that you don't know, plus all the tunes that you need to learn for the gig and all of that. So you want to 
one, know how to use it, and then two, showcase that you can use it. And every step of the way, when a, when an MD or anyone looks at your YouTube videos and they say, oh man, he's got the right drums, he's got the right cymbals, he's got the correct sounding snare, His I can hear what he's doing, it's a little bit above the mix, he's killing the style, he's triggering tunes, he, you know, or he's triggering triggering sounds, playing with a click, playing with the playing the right sounds and things like that. All of this stuff is putting you in a situation where, one, you're putting your best foot forward, and two, you're proving that you're professional, you've put in the work beforehand, and you are serious as a player, as a musician, and as a business person in the entertainment business that you're like, hey, I want these gigs, and I know how to do it. So all that being said, now is sort of the hard part where we got to start doing some of the homework. And... You had homework in session one, now you have homework in session two, but keep in mind, after all four of these sessions, you don't have to have all of this stuff done after the four sessions. That's why you can go back, you can reference this, you can ask questions, you can do parts of it at a time. So don't think that you have to have all of this stuff done by the next session. That's fine. I just want to cover all the information for you and then answer any questions and then you can work on it, you know, over... or however long it takes you, a week, a month, a year, whatever, that's up to you. So the first part is to get your website set up. So you can use Square or Wix. Square, I would say, is the best. Wix is a little, uh, I don't know. Personally, I like Square better than Wix. I love WordPress, but WordPress is a little bit harder. Square is a lot easier if you don't have technical ability. So is Wix. So if you have a little bit of technical ability, I would suggest going with WordPress. If not, check out Square first, maybe Wix second. Wix is completely super, super easy if you have zero, absolutely no technical skills whatsoever. So whatever works for you, I think you should do. Create your social channel. So make sure that you got your YouTube channel set up. You got a Facebook page. If you want to do Instagram and all that stuff, you can set that up as well. That's fine. But at least set up your Facebook page, tie it to your personal account, uh, and then and then also your YouTube channel. So and also when you're setting these things up, either use your real name or like, you know, for me, if I did like Nick Ruffini drums or something like that, don't do like, you know the drummer Z with a Z like 7953 it's just going to be harder for people to find like for you know for me I'm just like yeah it's Nick Ruffini and you can find it it's super simple rather than some cryptic name that people have to find you then decide who and what you want to record so this goes back to what we talked about earlier in session one about laying the groundwork and finding artists who you want to work with right so now you got to start listening to these guys start learning some of their material and then start recording some of their material and maybe it's not john mayer right now but maybe it's you know the stephen jones band who is sort of a regional band that's in your area that maybe uses some different drummers or maybe it's a band who uses the same drummer all the time and you go up to them and say hey man i love your stuff i i've learned all your material i actually recorded some of them online if you want to check them out if you ever need a drummer to fill in or whatever just let me know i already know all your material and here's my videos to prove it then that is one step closer to playing that gig because you're you're going above and beyond what most people are doing to get that gig. So decide who you want to record and what tunes you want to record. And then research the sounds and shows, gear, stuff like that. So what what sounds are they using? Check out the drummers. What what dr- size drums are they using? How are they tuning them? All that, st- all that kind of stuff. What are they playing at their live shows? What gear are they using? All that stuff. So research mode 
and then schedule the studio time to record. So if you don't have a way of recording it yourself, now you can do this very easily. Let me, let me be very clear about this. You don't have to have a full production studio where you're putting out these videos. If you can, if you can have two cameras and some, and record it with some audio, like a task cam hand recorder or something like that, then you're good. You don't need like some crazy, like high end. It doesn't need to look like a, you know, like a Drumeo video. It doesn't have to be super, super high quality. It should be good quality. Don't get me wrong, but it doesn't have to be the greatest thing that anybody's ever seen before in their entire life. So, but the caveat to that is this, the better you make it sound, the better it looks for you. So it may be worth investing in a little bit of studio time. It may be worth paying some friends who do, who do video work or audio work to help you record it. Uh, I think that the best that you can make it is the, is how you should make it. So if you don't have the financial means to do it or something like that, just do it as best you can. And then I want you to record and I want you to post the videos to your channel and tag it up with the proper tags. So, you know, funk, rock, jazz, whatever it is, all of that stuff and uh, get that stuff up there, get it out there, and then we can start driving people to this and start showing them the the abilities that you have. So I'll open it up to questions right now. I know there's a couple in here. All right, so one of them, do you think an iPhone is good for recording? I think that an iPhone is okay. I think that is the the minimum viable product. I think that's the cheapest, worst quality that you could do. But if that's all you can do, then I say do it. But if you can do it a little bit better, then I think you should work on doing it better. Uh, choice of songs to record. I think that you need to pick whatever songs are, one, you want to be known for, and two, are in your wheelhouse. And also, if there's artists that you want to play with, I think that you should play their songs as well. Uh, what should you post on Facebook personal page versus your Facebook fan page? So me personally, my personal Facebook page is just like friends and family. So close friends, family, and I post pictures of you know me and my wife and vacation and, and things like that. And my, my like page is all about either drummer's resource or my Nick Ruffini one is all about business. It's all, uh, you know, it's all content that I'm putting out and I don't really get into anything personal on any of those pages. Again, totally up to you. That's just what I do. And, and I choose to, I choose to do it that way. So if there's no more questions, that is all cool. So I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good night. See ya. There you have it. That was session two, all about promotion. And then this Friday, we're doing session three, which is titled Getting the Gig. So this is really the meat and potatoes of the whole entire thing is really learning how to get that gig. And we'll talk all about that on Friday. Also, check back if you didn't listen to Laying the Groundwork, which is session one, you should check that out as well. And also, if you have anyone who you think this would be valuable for, whether they're a drummer or not, share it up with them. I think this is good for drummers and other musicians as well. So hit that share button. And until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll be talking to you on Friday.
Drummer's Resource is produced by Revoice Media. Executive producer Nick Ruffini, that's me. Edited by Justin Thomas. Video editing by Tomas Shannon. And graphic design by Catherine Wade. For more music and entertainment podcasts, be sure to check out revoicemedia.com.